Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Kirsty of Pizza Bernard Photography. And I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. And today we have an interview with one of Britain's most colourful pet photographers. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of the Pet Photographers Podcast. Our guest today has built a loyal fan base with her bright, colourful photography and even brighter personality. She launched her business back in 2013, growing it from a part-time venture to a full-time career in just three months. And six years later, business is booming with a team of six members. We're so excited today to chat to Cat Race of Cat's Dog Photography to find out all about it. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Cat. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, always, Thanks for joining. Sounds funny listening to other people talk about you. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> How do you know that? Oh, Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just stalking you, but mostly the Google. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, Cat, we... Um, We'd love to know, probably in your own words, I suppose, a little bit about your journey rather than just what Google tells us. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. So, uh, well, I, the, my photography journey started probably when I was a kid, actually, and uh, I used to follow my parents around and they'd do all sorts of fancy hiking. And my dad was a keen amateur photographer, so I had one of those, you know, those Fisher-Price cameras with a mm, plastic yeah. button. Didn't actually take a picture, but <laughs> I used to love following my dad around with that. And um, I think that was probably where it all started. So, um, you know, did some school education. And then when it came to college, I decided to do an A-level in photography. But by the end of it, I kind of decided that, wow, photography is not a real job. You know, I can't actually do this as a career. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> I went to uni and I went and did web and multimedia. So I thought, well, everybody needs websites. So I'll go and do that. I'll build websites. Started doing that and then realized I didn't want to build websites. <laughs> I didn't particularly enjoy the course. Um, but there was elements in there that I liked the image side of things particularly so when I'd done a couple of years I took a year out and um went and studied well I shadowed a fashion photographer I worked with a fashion photographer and he also did all sorts of other elements of photography he did mostly fashion but he'd do like landscapes and lifestyle stuff which I actually then started taking over that section of and I was like oh my gosh this is a career option I could be a photographer for a living (laughs) (laughs) so that was quite an important uh, discovery for me I suppose Mm -hmm. and then it came to my final year so I directed that more towards image manipulation and then when I eventually graduated I got a job in a the family portrait studio it was a, a big well-known one that's across the globe so it was a really good opportunity to then meet with other people like we'd have training with people from the u.s branch or the hong kong branch and um i learned a lot from that but i must say i felt like it was it was very much more about the profitability side of it and there was less focus on the creativity side certainly the branch that i was at 
And, you know, it's made me start to feel out of love with it. And, you know, I'm so grateful that that did happen because otherwise I would have loved it there. I'd have been happy. Every time a client came in with a a dog in the studio, I was like, oh, I'm going to do that session. So, (laughs) um, So I started taking pictures of my little dog out and about on location, my little puppy. He's curled up next to me right now. <laughs> um, and and then um, I was taking, I went part-time where I was at, started taking, uh, building my own client list. And within like three months, I had enough clients that I was thinking, well, why am I working for these guys? I could do this mm-hmm. myself. And they all thought I was absolutely mad as a box of frogs because I was going to give up um, you know, family portraiture, which was a stable thing, to go and do dogs. And they were like, people don't want pictures of their dogs. You're going to run out of dogs to photograph. Little <laughs> did they know. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so then I started, uh, started out doing cat's dog on my own. And then within sort of, what, I've been going for 18 months and I met my wonderful other half, Michael, and he was, he was a designer, he was a graphic designer, but he'd worked, he directed photography shoots for like the company he'd worked with. He'd had sort of elements in there and I was like, you should just come and work with me. Um, we'd literally only been seeing each other for three months and I was like look just quit your job move in with me (laughs) (laughs) this is meant to be (laughs) mental right I was a bit nuts but I knew (laughs) nice So I literally sat down um, on the sofa with him. He's such a quick learner. I'm so jealous. It takes me forever to learn stuff. But I sat down on the sofa with him and taught him how to use the camera in one evening, like the, the technical aspects. He's, he's very creative. He can see composition stuff. So it was just learning the technical aspects. And then I'd be texting yeah. him at work, like, you know, it's really it's a really sunny day and you've got a fast-moving dog. Like, what kind of settings do you think you'd use on your camera? And he's, like, messing me back, like, oh, 2,000 seconds. And, like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Um, and then we so we am I like carrying on by the way I felt this is a very long story no no this is great great. I love it okay you tell me if you want me to pipe down (laughs) (laughs) they don't Um, want to hear from us they want to hear from you trust me (laughs) okay good good I'll carry on there (laughs) so yeah so then we so Mike, yeah, Mike actually started. So I shoot, I shot um, independently at this point, like all natural light, and he started doing sessions, and I was doing sessions, and then um, I said like, we were doing a lot. We were doing like thirty-two. Uh, well, when Michael joined, I was doing thirty-two a month on my own, so oh. it was it was quite a lot. It was very kind of uh, a quick turnover. So uh, we decided. Dude, to- wait, cat. You were photographing <laughs> 32 clients a month. I know, it was mental. <laughs> That's more than one a day. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah, I'd fall back to back in a day. But that was, oh. and that was because that's what I'd learned. So I was like, well, this is just yeah. how photography goes. So I come from that kind of background, right. and I was like, that's, that's just how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't until I started looking into, like, oh, there's other dog photographers out there. Oh, they don't do it like this. Maybe I don't have to have so many clients as well. Um, so yeah, so we so this is before that, and we then took on to other photographers to help shoot. So we could then start looking to build up the business. And because obviously, when you're doing that, there is no time to build a brand or mm-hmm. or look at anything else other than like you know 
get get the leads in, get the clients in front of you, get them shot, get them viewed, and it was you know it was it was great in the beginning, and I can't I can't bolt it because um, we actually I actually got a lot of my clients initially uh, from Groupon, which I wouldn't recommend now. I got in there at a time when it was it was quite good. I got a lot off it, and mm-hmm. towards the end when we came off it, it was. Uh, do you have, do you guys have Groupon over there? Oh, Groupon. Yes, we do. Yeah, so it's like a, it's kind of like a, a deal, a deal voucher site. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, towards the end, it was it, the quality of the clients wasn't great, and mm-hmm. you know, I just started to feel burnt out. To be honest, so I was like, right, mm-hmm. there's got to be another way. So we got these other photographers on, and then we started trying to look at, at other ways. And and then when was it? Maybe twenty. 15, 16, that was a, a real turning point. We went on uh, on Barcelona um, with the, the fabulous oh, yeah. three ladies that run it. And we and we kind of was like, well, certainly for me, it was like, uh, oh, actually, you know, I could, I could, I can really try and stop just trying like, right, I've got to, you know, run this as a business. And it's like really important, the volume and let go of that and be actually, I can do quality over quantity. And that was something that really spoke to me. And that, that was my primary reason for going there, to be honest, because I was, I was like, I really want to, I started being self-employed. You're all self-employed because we want to do something we love and enjoy it. And, and I was like, right, I want, I want to keep enjoying what I'm doing. What's the next thing? Um, and then, so that that gave me like a whole kind of a, a new network of people as well. Because I hadn't really networked with many other dog photographers prior to that. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of discovered the the whole world that was actually out there uh, of us lovely dog talks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. let me think then what happened. So, so then we... Oh, actually, backtracking a little bit, I'd converted my garage. So this was just before I met Michael, maybe a year before I met Michael. I'd converted my garage into a um, like a studio to do viewings because before mm-hmm. that I'd just done it in the client's home or in my living room, which was fine. But I liked being able to show clients the, the artwork on the wall so that mm-hmm. people tend to buy mm-hmm. what they see. Um so um, you were still doing even with this high volume work, you were doing viewings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. It worked a lot. So well, you were doing amazing stuff. <laughs> your model there um, was high volume, but still sort of the the low volume client experience. Yeah, the average was a lot lower. And like I say, I can't knock it because it was really it, it was really profitable. Like I it was it gave me a great foot in the door, and especially when it was just me and my camera and there wasn't like now we have the you know, we're big overheads of the studio and that's that's great because that then gives me time. I'm you know, I'm so much happy doing what I'm doing now. But what I was doing then was probably equally as profitable because I had a very um a very low there wasn't any cost you know it was just my home studio mm-hmm. and uh, you know the way I was getting the leads in wasn't expensive I didn't do expensive exhibitions I did do exhibitions but I wouldn't go to like the lights of Crufts and that kind of thing that we do now which is obviously a, a much bigger investment so the whole mm-hmm. thing's really just has, has shifted to a um a place that makes me happier so we had and we had got at that point we had somebody doing the bookings um in the the old studio when it was still from home but then we had like a load of um homeworking policies this was how i managed to do so many sessions because i wasn't doing all the bookings um, okay 
but then that became really complicated because you haven't got you, know, you haven't got that kind of like base and um, I suppose air of professionalism and I wanted to have that you know somewhere where I'm giving a commitment to somebody there a, a full-time member of staff and obviously that then becomes a two-way thing so mm-hmm. we got the studio two years ago the studio that we're in now which is um independent of where I live which is even though it was really nice just to be able to go downstairs and hey my clients there it's actually really nice to be able to go somewhere where my client's going to meet me mm-hmm. not have them come to my home and you know if they come they come like on the wrong day or whatever I'm not there I'm a onesie like oh hi <laughs> yeah yeah that's my my number one fear like I have nightmares about it that yeah. I will have somehow um not have a client appointment in my calendar, which yeah. there is no way that that can happen because it's obviously it's me. So it's all automated. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is no way that will ever happen. But I have recurring nightmares that a client rocks up for their ordering appointment and I'm in my pajamas yes. and none of the photos are done. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I wake up and I'm like, Does I, do I have an ordering appointment today? I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. I don't. Yeah. It's okay. yeah. Oh, I have but had yeah. it when people come to, like, see if their artwork's there and they're just kind of like, oh, we're just in the area. Like, we just come to see if it's oh, right. And I'm like, you guys, that actually happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Like, I was working from, like, a temporary space and I was also, like, living there is just for two weeks and uh and I'd like booked this client in at the end of her shoot for the ordering appointment and I never put it into my system so she didn't get any emails about it nothing and she still rocked up and knew where to rock up I don't even know how and I was cooking for a funeral and her photos weren't done <gasps> what did you do what did you like, say to her oh shit <laughs> Oh really? Yeah. So you and you I was like, I'm it. so sorry. I'm baking for a funeral. Like my head's just in this funeral oh, space. That would that would freak me out so much. Um, please come in. Here's a cup of tea. Please give me ten minutes. I'll be right with you. Oh, and wow. I nicked into oh, speedy work. I, nicked, I know. I nicked into the spare room and I was like, Oh no, you've gone again. I can't hear you. Can you hear her, Caitlin? I can't. It will still be recording her, so this will be really interesting for me to edit. (laughs) After what she said. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the suspense is killing us. (laughs) What happened? How did you do it in 10 minutes? (laughs) Tune in next week, Um, Yeah, I always think that I would, like, fake it and I would pretend that it is normal for them to have to go through all of the raw files with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, yeah, so here's Photo Mechanic and we're going to look through all of the photos and let's pick your favorites and yeah. we'll, we'll do the cut co- we do the colors later <laughs> like, uh, I guess it depends on on the client as well and how much they have been told because people generally don't they don't know yeah. do they? I mean if um if they don't have that information to hand then they'll be they'll be happy <laughs> just be like this is normal you're gonna help me edit everything yeah. so you want to like this or like this mm. <laughs> well mm. I think I'd probably just say like say what what had happened be like oh you know there's whatever there's been a, a bit of a mix up here like can we reschedule to be honest if they open the door and I was there in my tracksuit bottoms there's I don't think I could pretend <laughs> no, yeah. 
<laughs> I have a rabbit onesie that I, uh, that's my comfy clothes when I'm lounging yeah. around the house. <laughs> and today it's a themed viewing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't bring your onesies? I thought I sent you in the email. We're all wearing onesies today. Uh, anyway, so let's dive back. So you don't have that issue. You now have a separate working space. So, yeah, so I got got rid of that. So I still do a lot of work from home, like my edits Mm -hmm. I'll do from home. But anything that's client-facing, I'll go to the studio for. Uh, But the the girls, so we've got two girls, uh, Tanya and Terry, the two Ts, we call them admin babes. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, they do, so they'll do the bookings, they'll take calls, like if the studio walk-ins, they'll deal with that. And then they also do some of our collections or the majority of our collections. So when people come to actually pick up the artwork they'll present it and okay um, and they'll ch- and they'll also check things in make sure there's no damage so all those things that uh, that can become quite time can say time consuming have you know it's it's been an absolute blessing you know i do i love having them and like i say even though having the studio is a big expense it just it makes life so much easier yeah <laughs> so i'm grateful for that <laughs> so let's i i find it really interesting that you've you've got the various staff members because um your business seems so much about you so <laughs> As a and as, as an objective outsider, it seems like yeah, you're you the one always chatting on social media. Yeah. You sort of it seems like you're the face of. I mean, your name's in the business name. Yeah. Um. So you have two staff members doing your bookings. Yeah. So I have and, this- and the sort of admin staff. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, so who are your other staff members? So there's um. So now we have we've got Tanya and Terry who do the booking. There's Linda, who's my lovely mummy. Uh, so my mum does uh, like the financial side of things, and she is a part time employee of mine. Who? How many people can say they employ their mum? Oh, she's she's awesome. She's really supportive. And uh, and then Michael, who is really my business partner, he is technically an employee on paper. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But we we don't have the we used to have two other photographers, like I said, but we don't have them anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you want to count Poppy as an assistant, <laughs> she comes on session. I do, I do. <laughs> Official mascot. So yeah, she, what, she is actually listed on our website as a team member. <laughs> what was the decision making um, behind initially hiring on two photographers and then deciding to scale back? Oh yeah, and sorry. Before I answer that, I was just going to say mm-hmm. it's really interesting that you've um, that you've pointed out that the business seems to be more about me because that's something that I've um, ummed and ahed about over the last two or three years. Because I've always like whenever I've wrote things for social media and the likes and, and spoken publicly in the past, it's always been very much a uh, like we you know trying to talk about us mm-hmm. as because I, I tend to be I'm the front person as such but I always try to make it like about and I had like the girls write the odd post on Facebook but I felt like I, it was it was difficult because I was lacking a, a tone of voice and I found mm-hmm. it really hard to um I suppose c- connect to to what I was trying like I'm trying to almost too formal if you know what I mean yeah uh, so, so like, I, oh, I look, make, look we're, we're very professional over here and yeah, we have all the, t- yeah, gotcha. We're doing this, but yeah. So yeah, it's been a conscious decision in the last, maybe only the last nine months, actually, that I've been like, do you know what? I'm just gonna, I, I've really, I've, I've tried to be, um, 
not unprofessional, but less professional. I'm just going to mm-hmm. be me. And I'm going to say, I've started use closures to try and do we, which makes writing things really difficult. So everything I write now tends to be, as a rule, um, me from my perspective. Um, and I find it just flows so much easier. So the the girls will occasionally do uh, videos in the studio. Um, mm-hmm. Michael doesn't really like being on camera, so he doesn't do it. <laughs> um and yeah, no, I find that works much better. So yeah, it's interesting that comes across. What was your question, Caitlin? Sorry, I oh, what tried. was the decision? No, it's it's um, an interesting conversation. Anyway, I'm yeah. very much in the camp of uh, talking informally, or at least talking in whatever your natural voice mm. is. Mm-hmm. So I mean, surprise, surprise, I'm quite just chatty and informal so Mm. I'd like talking to my clients and on social media and everything in that way because I think it comes across as more authentic Mm. um I agree because you can just write easily if you're writing in your own voice so yeah totally agree with you and I think it does it feels like a lot of your personality is portrayed in how you're um showing your business on social media mm. so you're doing um, a good guys, job I, <laughs> uh, thank you <laughs> sweet of you to say <laughs> my, my question was what was the decision making process behind initially bringing on to additional photographers and then deciding to scale back down now are you the only photographer now or michael shoots too yeah, no, I'm – so now I shoot Michael assists. I must mm-hmm. say, a lot of the stuff we do, it is very much combined effort. Like, we'll both – you know, if Michael's like, oh, you know, what about this? Then, like, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll craft it together. And um, it's so, so – I, I sometimes do flip between calling the images my images and our images. Because even though, you know, I'm the photographer, it's technically my image, but it's, yeah, it's definitely a combined effort. Uh, so kudos to him for that. <laughs> but um, – yeah, in terms of having the other photographers, the well, the decision on that was so that we could build build more of a brand because it was mm-hmm. at the point where it was I couldn't keep going at the momentum that I was, and I was like, oh well, hey, how how's about I get some more photographers? And and bear in mind, I'd come from a background where that was how photography was done. You know, you had a, a team of photographers that worked under a brand, so it almost felt like a, a natural progression to me. And and my my plan originally was to to go forwards with that, and I wanted to have different branches. So I wanted to have like one in Chester, one somewhere down south, mm-hmm. and the one we've got here. And I was like, well, you know, I can have like a couple of photographers in each studio, and essentially just multiply what we've got. And and I'm still totally convinced that would have worked, and you know, it would have been a great earner. But as the more people we started to to have the more I thought you know dealing with different people and I thought actually I I don't I'm not interested in being a manager I'm interested Mm -hmm. in being a creative and 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 building a brand that I love and and creating images more than anything that I love and and working with the dogs and the people so that was really why I started to feel that you know there wasn't anything wrong with it it just it stopped feeling like the thing that I wanted to do and that's the beauty about being self-employed and our, our own bosses we can just we can take it in the direction we want to go in you know it's, it's all a bit of an adventure isn't it <laughs> well I think that is I think it's really easy um especially when you're first starting out in as a photographer um to get sort of I guess bogged down in the idea of what successful is meant to be mm. and then you sort of associate it with well if I can if I have more for, if I can grow 
to volume or if mm-hmm. I'm going to be a photographer, I have to have a big studio, whatever, whatever that is, yeah. rather than recognizing that if you can just design a lifestyle business yes. that works for you and makes you happy and, and I guess supports you financially, but also supports you creatively and all those sorts of things. Then f- as far as I'm concerned, that's what success is. Well, so it's, yeah, it's interesting and really good that you were able to recognize and be like, actually, this isn't what's making my heart sing and I'm going to yeah. pivot and move back into this direction. Bob on. Yes, that's, exactly. That's, that's yeah. great. That's exactly. Because um, I would use what makes your heart sing. <laughs> so um, these, so originally when you started Cat's Dog, you were bringing in all your clients with Groupon and sort of, so presumably having a kind of deal that was very enticing and then mm-hmm. you were selling on and that's where you'd be making your profit. Yes. How do you get your clients these days? So now we get most of our clients from doing exhibitions. So we'll do, especially in like show season, we'll do crofts, we'll do, uh, there's something here called Dog Fest. It's fabulous mm-hmm. dog, so many dogs. Ah! Oh my gosh, I'm getting, <laughs> I actually get cute anger just thinking about it. <laughs> and and then like local shows like um like county shows, that kind of thing. And we do mm-hmm. we do some of the smaller craft fairs, but in my experience doing the smaller shows, you tend to get less committed clients and mm-hmm. you know not not so much for take up so and I had done back back when I started out I had done a few shows but again it was only the smaller shows and I hadn't found it as as good as when we do it tends to be like the more you pay for a show the better the clients are in my experience yeah but I've heard loads of people say the opposite to that saying that it, it doesn't really? really so I think it maybe just depends on on your pitch and and how you how you work that's true so when you're at the shows are you selling sessions or collecting leads both so we mm-hmm. we sell session vouchers and we sell them um we still sell them and again i don't know anybody else that that does this maybe there is out there but so not in the pet industry that i've heard of so our vouchers are normally 135 pounds but we sell them at the show for just 30 pounds which mm-hmm. is a you know a huge huge discount and they get 50 pounds credit with that on the wall mm-hmm. so for them that's you know i mean it's a no-brainer they're you know they're gaining they're basically getting a free session and gaining an extra um, yeah. an extra little bit towards the wall art so um it, it's low risk from them yeah I do it. Oh, do you? Right, no way. Someone else does that. <laughs> yeah, I do $89 and they get a $100 print credit. Right. So no-brainer. Yeah, um, cool. Which works well. And so, so that's how that's your primary marketing strategy. So, yeah, so we do that and then we also do lead collection. So we do a mm-hmm. prize draw where people can sign up to win a voucher. Um, so we'll we'll sign up a load of people and that's like a great way of building our email address. But we'll we'll do, um, we'll select, we'll cherry pick the best ones basically. So, you know, you have people mm-hmm. that are on the cusp and they're super interested and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I wanted it for ages and I've been thinking about it. But, you know, they're just, they're just something that's stopping them making the clinch there and then. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get them to sign up to the prize drawer and then they tend to be the types that we'll select as winners. And then that means that they're already, you know, it means something to them. They're, they're already super 
committed and, and it gives us a few more sessions because at the end of the day, even though they're not paying for that, the session fee doesn't mean anything to me that I don't really count that as income. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I'm confident that once they see the images that, you know, they're, they're going to want to invest them and it's it's very rare that that they don't because before they even get to the session they go through a massive education process on the phone with the girls where they'll you know they're telling them that you can ex- you know expect to spend at least 500 pounds if, if you like the majority of our clients um they know that our starting prices are from 225 so they know they're going to have to make at least some sort of investment before they come and i always think that people tend to double what they they think they're going to spend. So if they come in thinking they're going to spend mm-hmm. 500, then they're going to spend at least a grand, which, you know, that that's a pretty good starting point. <laughs> so what sort of artwork do you sell the most of? Um, our most popular one is the one I love the most. And I'm convinced that's why we sell the most of it because I'm like, ah, oh, this one, look yeah. at it, it's so shiny. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's colourful, girls. What a surprise! <laughs> so uh, it's the ice. It's called, and it's it's an acrylic panel, it's an acrylic basically, but it's on a pearlescent paper. So when the light catches, it's really shimmery, shiny, and Aww. you know, acrylics are just gorgeous, aren't they? I love them. They would really suit your style too, yeah. with all the bright yeah. colours. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And I've got a big one. Well, I've got two massive 30 by 30s, one with a collection with multiple images and one with a single impact of, of Poppy. So they they mm-hmm. know by, you know, when they come into the studio, they know, well, get cat clearly likes that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so take me back. Um, you, How many shows in a year would you usually do? So, ooh, right. Um, and do you know what? We did a lot less this year than we did the year before. Again, it's like a, it's a learning curve where you find the ones that are, mm-hmm. are working well. And But also, you've got to bear in mind doing shows. Sometimes you can do a show and it's great one year and not so good the next year and then good the other year. So, um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think maybe we did one or two a month throughout the summer. So at a guess, I'd probably say around about 12 over the year because we mm-hmm. haven't done any this month or next month. We did them sort of up at like December. And there was there was more like around Christmas as loads. But it's also, again, finding that, you know, saying like find something that makes you happy. It's like, do I want to do that many? Because I'm really wary having yeah. almost got to that burnout stage that, you know, doing what, what needs to be done for the business, but also doing what makes me happy and and means that, mm-hmm. that me and Mike can actually have a life as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, don't get yeah wrong, especially because they're always on the weekend. Yeah, and- exactly. And don't get me wrong, I love what we do, but I want to keep loving it. And I want to, like, we're going to Prague mm-hmm. in February, and so I've, I've done a model call to get I've got this gorgeous Samoyed machine out there, can't we? And, you know, I want to do think, oh, yeah. this is fun, not, oh, I'm on holiday and I'm doing work. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So now we do 14, which is much more manageable. <laughs> so we, I mean, I, t- I like doing, if we're in a location, I like to try and get a couple in that slot. Um, so we'll do up to three in one day because then, you know, we've already, we've got all the gear, we're there ready. And, you know, if we can, if we can do a couple, then, you know, just it just makes sense. But obviously, it depends on where the client wants wants the session and um, all those logistics. But generally, generally, I think people are people tend to be happy. You know, they they don't like too much choice. They're like if they're told like you've got, um, you know, you've got like 
two o'clock at X place or you've got six o'clock at B place, you know, which one's going to suit you best? Then they like that and or rather than a whole you know, some people are just, you know, want want to have that and we've got a location map if they want to. But I think most people like to be guided in my experience. I think it's such a common trap to fall into when you first start shooting to think that giving your clients all of the options as a, and basically control over the shoot is giving them a good client experience or serving them better because you, you're letting them choose everything. And in reality, if we take back a little bit more of the control and tell them this is what I recommend. Mm-hmm. I think they appreciate that and it's, yeah. you know, one less decision that they have to make and yes, absolutely. I think it works quite well. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, we're the experts, so we've got the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know what, what time of day is going to work best. We know uh, if it's a good idea to let their dog run around for two hours before the session or not. <laughs> Probably not. <Yeah. laughs> no, um, I find it really I think I need to guide, actually, now that you've said that, I need to sort of tell my clients more of that. I have so many clients that rock up and they've already taken their dog on a Mm. a massive walk and it's a bit puffed and I'm like, it's fine (laughs) for them to be energetic. I like like to start with action shots because it's a really fun way to start the session and if they've just gone on an hour walk around the same park that we're now shooting at, I'm like, I've kind of missed the excitement. I know exactly what you mean. You want to capture that that boundless energy. Love that when, we, especially if we can go off leash, um, and then there's that fir- the first zoomy <laughs> when you first let them off. I'm like, that's great. I want that. I don't want them to be sitting politely next to you for the entire session. Um, I was just going to say on that note, I love the FAQ page that you have on your website. I think you've set that out really well, and it's great to see all those questions that you see clients asking but you've answered them before they have a chance to ask ask them I think that works so well and they get a lot of this information on the phone as well Mm -hmm. I I think that there's something that we very rarely in fact I think maybe once ever we've done a booking just by email really Um, it always goes through the yeah yeah it goes through this is this is why I have the girls to help Mm -hmm. me (laughs) but the the benefit of them speak being spoken to on the phone is that you know if there's any you know if there's any hesitation in the voice like oh well you know if you ask somebody oh is this all right and they're like yeah and, and then, then you can you can dig into that oh well, tell me a little bit more is, is he you know is he a water dog or not or there's something about human and face-to-face interaction I think that's why exhibitions work so well for us as well because people buy people and they they engage with them more so that that's just something that's worked very well for me historically I prefer that to when things when things are done without an actual human interaction mm-hmm. I feel like the, there was something happens and that something gets missed yeah I find that so I'm I'm the opposite almost all of my bookings other than um the ones that it's like there was show or if I'm doing a book project something like that almost all of just inquiries book over email um, mm, yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm a writer. Yeah, but you're so organised though. <laughs> I'm not organised. I have people to organise me. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't shock me that people would respond to you in in person. And do you have a lot of people who follow you on social media first and then book? Yeah, yeah, Instagram particularly. Actually, I think that that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna. I wanted to come around to your Instagram stories because they're fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. I don't see 
any other pet photographer um i don't follow any other pet photographer who is quite nailing instagram stories the way that you are so actually let's dive straight into them because you're doing a really good job i love all the behind the scenes every time i like i always go through stages where i'm like oh yeah i gotta start doing that again and you're always the one that inspires me i'm like oh yeah it looks really good when she captures that so chat to me a little bit about i guess your strategy or your thinking behind utilizing um so for those of you who don't what what's your instagram page so they so can follow you at cats dog photography that's c-a-t-s-d-o-g photography they could give us a little bit of an insight into the sort of things that you're capturing why you think that's important and i guess how it's impacting your business so with instagram stories it oh gosh how did it even start out i think perhaps a, a year ago and just started doing but i do you know what i think what inspired it is i love watching people do behind the scenes I don't think that it was necessarily Mm -hmm. a a strategic thing um, to begin with it was more so I like seeing behind the scenes stories so I'll I'll do some behind the scenes stories and Mm -hmm. and I've found that it's really helped people connect with us before so we'll have people that will rock up to the session and and like oh yeah I've seen your story and they already have an idea of of what we're about they've actually had a a visual reference and, and kind of followed us around a little bit so I think it's like just like a little peek behind the curtain of well, how this is how this is produced and of course a lot of people have worries that oh god you know my dog's going to be mental it's not going to do it's not going to sit there perfectly for two hours and then they see the story and they're like oh you know the, don't worry the dog's all mental I don't know if you saw that one of the the mm-hmm. boxer giving me a good snog <laughs> yeah yeah I love that she was so cute I just started recording and then like, she started kissing me and I was like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no idea what I said but I got a good old kiss <laughs> Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then I've I've, I've encouraged the the girls in the studio to do them uh, occasionally as well, so that mm-hmm. again it gives like a little insight as to what goes on behind the sort of more admin side of things. When clients come into the studio, I'll like do a little peek at perhaps what they've ordered, and I've had some interesting feedback from people that have messaged saying, "Oh, I'd like to see more of like more of the end results and that kind of thing." So I've you know appreciated mm-hmm. that feedback and taking it on board, and it's it's just fun to do. Really, I think that's really what what sparked it. That it was a, a bit of fun. I'm a I've always been a bit of a Facebook junkie. I love documenting my life, and that's kind of translated over into the business and. Yeah. <laughs> Michael's always saying I should do a YouTube channel and, and start recording. Oh, things. you should. <laughs> you absolutely it's should. The, I think it, um, it works so well. Is it Michael who's normally shooting? Uh, no, recording do you know you? what? I just asked the client to do it. So, really? Yeah, yeah, we get the clients well involved in our sessions. Sometimes they're holding the light and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you might have seen on the FAQ, oh. like we put it as a like you might even get a chance to like, hold the light or, mm-hmm. or help us out. So we sell that as a part of the experience, and yeah, they absolutely love yeah. it. Um, but I'll just say to them, I'll ask if they do stories or they know what it is first of all, and if not, then just show them how to record it. Ask them to save the story, and then I'll um, you know they'll have a few clips usually with each scenario, and then I'll. I'll send I'll send the one to the story after the session of whichever worked. Sometimes we have work experience people come along and they'll they'll mm-hmm. do the stories and that's always really good because you can get more clips then. Or if there's you know if the clients brought a like an older kid along and and gives them something yeah. to do so yeah just get get them involved. Uh, I find okay. 
I'm going to pick this apart more because I'm then going to steal it Get later. It. It. Um, so you're handing your phone over to the client and they're just recording video and then you upload it to stories later or are you just having them record stories? I actually rec- get them to record the story within the Instagram app and then, de- and oh, then yeah. save it. So I'll say just record and then record 15 seconds and then uh, once you finish, just press the, the save button and you can press the X and go again and like, you're Steven Spielberg, do whatever you like. <laughs> so the thing that has stopped me from asking clients to do that is I would almost feel like, I'm asking them to help me out with my marketing. Yeah, but you, I mean, you are, but they love it. They like being involved. They like, you know, and I think especially the particularly those that have already seen it, that's like, oh, my dog gets to be on your story. So like, oh, I'm going to make them famous. They're going to go on a story and uh, no, never had a bad reaction. Plus, I reckon on top of that, it might- um, a lot of these clients have already seen your stories and so they're like, oh, cool, now it's my turn, like, you know, because they, exactly. and they also exactly. know how much it helped them because they were like, oh, it was so helpful seeing that. I knew what to expect. Now somebody else will get a chance to see. So I could think most of your clients want to help. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And you judge your client by client. So if you've got, if you've got a client that's like a little old lady and is a bit like, Oh God, yeah. the phone! Then and maybe I won't record. <laughs> you know, I'm just won't do that one. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it really it depends on them. You obviously won't do anything to make them them feel uncomfortable. You know, don't you? If you've if you've got a client and you're vibing with them, and like, oh, I don't want mm-hmm. to do this. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I think that's um, that explains a lot. I've always been thinking. Who's recording? Like, I used to. Yeah, exactly. I used to, um, I stopped doing it, but I used to take a little um, shoot and point camera on a tripod to record video from behind the scenes. Caitlin, what are they called? Point and shoot. <laughs> did I just say shoot and point? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I did not even notice. <laughs> As you said it, I was like, yeah, that did sound funny in my mouth. I do that kind of stuff all the time. <laughs> Like, do you find that having so much interaction on social media and everything helps with your rapport with your clients definitely. before they've even met you? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those that do use it. And I think a lot of people actually use, see the stories through Facebook. So I said it's through Instagram, but people have said they see mm-hmm. my Facebook stories. And I often forget that they just automatically get pushed to Facebook. And I'm thinking, what yeah. story was on Facebook? Oh, they mean Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely. They already they already know. I mean, a lot of them have already met us at the show anyway, so they've met us um, right. at, at the exhibition, but then they've seen us working. And, and I also, I mean, we live in wet, rainy northwest England, so most of my sessions, as you've probably seen on the, on the stories, uh, involve me being head-to-toe in ski gear covered in mud. <laughs> so, you know, they might see me rock up and think, who's this scruff bag? But at least they know that that's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be rolling with these dogs. I'm going to stay dry. <laughs> Do you shoot even if it is wet? Because presumably you would have too too many shoots to reschedule if not we do we shoot whatever the weather so and that's been something that's supposed to have been a cornerstone of, of my business since I started was mm-hmm. um yeah well whatever it is we'll, we'll make it work and um 
I've always been like, right, we'll, we'll wing it, we'll, we'll do something. And, and it makes you more creative a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And you can do really cool stuff with the rain if you, you know, you've got a, a dark background and you can like flashlight from the side and you get all these raindrops that are just highlighted and, um, and like all sparkly and beautiful. So, yeah, we did, speaking of rain, we did do a the last session we did uh, last week was a Dalmatian and it lashed it down. The start, you know, it was fine. It was one of them where it's like that the, 30, 40% chance of rain. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. It'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be lucky. And then, of course, like, you know, halfway through the session, it wasn't just a bit of rain. It was, and I, I'm not one to rain sessions off, but if I'd have seen that amount of rain before, yeah. I probably would have rained that one off. But, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I just had a laugh with it. And the um, the main concern there really is keeping the, the gear dry. So mm-hmm. I usually have a rain sleeve for my camera and we'll put like plastic bags over the lights to stop them breaking because I, I have broken a, a light or two on the submit <laughs> doesn't shock me the no. places i see you thinking are like yeah that sounds about right <laughs> yeah oh, we, we sent our cameras in uh, to repair over christmas and you know to have a service and and they were they were saying what kind of photography do you do it's rusting on the inside <laughs> standing here it's like ah yes I it's when i was rolling around at the beach i'm a dog photographer <laughs> <laughs> so talk me through um the client experience after they've had the session so we'll do the session and then i'll say to them that i'll polish images up there'll be the 20 to 30 different images for them to choose from and we'll have a slideshow we'll have a drink hot drink and some trappies that'll be on the big screen so it's a a really fun experience for them and you know really promote that as as the main event and such so they'll come to the studio or we'll yeah, get them the drinks, sit them down, do the slideshow, mm-hmm. and then I say, "We, this is this is me on my own here." I see, and again, this is this. Is, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit here, but this is what I started doing all the time. Never was talking in the first person. It was always um, we. Yeah, it was just me then. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll I'll sit them down in the viewing room and play the slideshow, and it's all time to music. So that's usually. Um, you know, we have, have a lot of clients that will tear up and, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice when they do that. I think it shows they appreciate it. Uh, I have a little saying where if they cry, they buy. Yeah. <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But, you know, it's nice that they appreciate it. Um, and then I do a, a tour of the studio, so I'll go through all the different products, tell mm-hmm. them the benefits of each one, and try and get a feel for So before this, I've already seen the guide and got an idea of what they're like, but, of course, it's totally different seeing it in, in person in real life. So I'll then try and get a feel for what's really singing to them, whether it's like a more traditional frame or a really modern frame, and and try and and I say to them, you don't need to make a decision right now, but I'll ask them like, so this is the box frame, do you like that more or less than the ice? And then try and sort of have in my head too that they seem to really be responding to, and you know, some people of course will just like, no, I like that one, and they know, but Mm -hmm. a lot of clients tend to be quite indecisive. And have they um, seen a full priceless at this stage, or just seen a sort of starting from priceless? No, they've seen they've seen the full thing. Mm-hmm. So when they book the session, that's when they get the full the full guide. So that you know, there's not going to be a case if you do the session. Because I didn't used to give it to them until after the session on my mm-hmm. old model. So then you would get occasionally people that would be like, "Oh, well, you know, this is too much," and then you've done a session for nothing. So, right. Um, but the benefit of that is it means you can get people in front of your camera without them being 
scared off by the fries, the sun, the star. And when you're on a volume model, that's what you need. You kind of relying on them right. getting you know, getting through and and just just come and look at the pictures, please. So you know, it, again, it, it it works, but it just wasn't for me anymore. Um, what was your question? <laughs> So um, they've seen the price list. You're giving them a little tour around everything. So yeah, they've um, they've done the tour. They've seen the images and the sort of the frame. Sorry, and they decided the ones that are well. I've I've got an idea of the ones that sing them to the most. And then say, right, well, let's just leave the leave the frames and we'll come back to them mm-hmm. later. Um, we'll have a look at the images again. So, and before they've seen all these frames, they've actually gone through and selected the ones that are jumping out them the most. So, we've we've got a selection of green flags that we can then come and start designing. So, I'll ask whether they like an impact or a collection piece. So, an impact is where it's just one image in the frame, and a collection is where it's multiple images in the frame. So, if we just backtrack a little bit, so you've had your shoot, you've booked a time, the client comes in. Mm-hmm. When they come in, it's all lovely with hot drinks and chocolates and you're mm-hmm. doing a slideshow to begin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Then you're doing the selection process, so you're going through each image, I'm guessing, is it one by one? Yes, yes. Yeah. So we'll go and they're to- saying yes or no kind of thing? Yeah, but I try and I say it's either green, yellow, or net or skiv because I don't like people saying no. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, yeah. don't say no. <laughs> we'll just unflag that one. Move on. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. they'll either do green, green, orange, or move on, and then we can, you know, so like in Lightroom, you can bring up the green selection or the orange selection yeah. or the unflagged. Um, so then and, you're bringing up all the green ones. Yeah, so then we'll go back into the viewing room and I'll find out whether it's a multiple image piece or a single image piece that they want to be their main thing. And then so they'll select whoa, one whoa, of those. Whoa, 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 whoa. And, there's two rooms. <laughs> there's two rooms. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So there's the gallery. <laughs> so the gallery is like that's where the reception is and that's where like, we've got all the frames on the walls and then the viewing room is like a separate room so that's all soundproof so we can have the music and stuff and that means then if like a next the next time it comes in because we usually have viewings back to back then there's like a little wait there's a reception and a waiting area so they can then chill and have a coffee there Clever. and uh, the girls look after them until I'm then ready or we can still do collections it basically means the studio can still function and I'm in the whilst I'm in the viewing room Mm-hmm. So cool. yes, yeah, so we'll do. So we'll select whether they want the main piece to be a multiple image or a single uh, image, and then I'll be like, "Would well, you want that just to be one frame on the wall, or do you want it like a collection with, say, like two frames on the side or five frames on the side?" And and the idea there is that I'm I'm trying to start big, like let's let's think like maximum impact, and then you can always if they then decide that. Know it's it's t- taking up too much space, or mm-hmm. it's usually to if they're bringing it down, it's usually because it's a bigger investment than they expected. At least then you come down from that, whereas it's harder to build up to that. So start yeah. start with more, and you can always come down. So then, to say they said they want a mm-hmm. collection with two. So that would be like a 30 by 30 and then two smaller frames, which would be around 12, 12 inch by 12 inch on the side. And then I'll bring up the template and we'll design it and tweak the images. So it's it's them sort of saying the images that they want and then I'm putting them where I think they're going to go. And sometimes you'll get clients who are like, oh, well, can it not go there? And, and the good thing about doing 
an in-person mm-hmm. viewing is that I can say, oh, actually, it's going to look, it's going to upset the balance if you've got, uh, you know, the dog looking out of the frame. So it would be much better if we flipped him so he's looking in. So you've got your eyes being led across the, the art piece and it just flows along, keeps it nice and tight and central. Mm-hmm. And then they can understand why you're doing something instead of, you know, if they were, um, if, if they weren't in a viewing, they were just ordering online, for example, and they could end up with something that just looks a bit strange. So there's mm-hmm. definitely a benefit to doing that from an artistic point of view as well. And then once we've got everything that they're happy with, the designs there, we've tweaked it. If they want to compare two different designs, then I'll come back to the frame style. So all our frames are designed in a way that they are, are interchangeable. So if they decide they want to swap style they'll the because obviously if you have so if we've got a frame with a mount the image size changes slightly but they all slot together so that we can sell sets like everything's designed to sell sets so then i can say mm-hmm. right we well, you know i know you really liked um the ice and you really like the float so you know i'll put you on those two different frames and you know which one do you prefer or which one's singing to the most and they can then take it from there so they can then choose if, if there's one's more or less than the other they can they've got a choice then it's like a one or the other rather than just do you want this one yes or no yeah (laughs) are your six different frame styles all different prices yes yes so everything does a a slight a sliding scale sometimes it's Mm -hmm. strange actually because of our frames being modular sometimes it like sort of switches over so for example, our box frame, uh, sorry, our Bracken frame is slightly more than the the main, but sometimes some of the products switch over because of materials being used. But, but yeah, yeah, more or less. Um, and then if they, so everything in the studio is 30 inches on the height. And you know, we don't, unless mm-hmm. it's a part of a set, like the small ones on the side, we don't have smaller frames in the studio. So they come in and oh. that's, that's their nine set. People buy what they see, right? Yeah. and they you know they, they usually go along with that but then it's like oh it might be a bit big then we have the whole range that we do but based on a 24 inch height so then we can say well you know we can shrink this whole thing down so that also helps with the the overall investment so if they're like oh actually this is way more than i thought it was going to be and say well don't mm-hmm. worry we don't have to change the design because there'll be collection you two um impacts on the side we could shrink the whole thing down to a 24 inch it's still going to look awesome still have the same impact um, but it'll shave a little bit off the price and that usually is is good for them so it's nice to be able to still you know have what we've built up to rather than be like oh right well we'll scrap that and we'll choose something totally different which is then to right. almost like second choice yeah it can be so frustrating t- if they get to the end and find out the price mm. and go, oh, no, never mind, and then starting yeah. from scratch again. It's like, oh, I'm going to go through the whole process again. Yeah, but I was just going to say, I also don't like to mention price unless they ask going through the viewing because I feel uh-huh. that it's not it's not about, oh, how much is it? I don't want them thinking about that. I want them to choose something like what's really speaking to you, what's going to make you happy yeah. and fill you with joy every time you look at it. Yeah, absolutely, which, I mean – Obviously, you're speaking to the converted because I'm a pet photographer, but I do think this is the sort of investment that, yes, it can be big initially, but it is something that they will be looking at for years and years and years to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Much past the lifetime of their pets. So, um, 
yeah, I can understand why you'd be focusing on let's design something that you love yes, and then we'll look at what that's going to cost you. And I love that you've got strategies in there so that if it is totally out of their range, you can bring it down a little bit. Do you do payment plans? Yes, we do. I was just going to mention that actually. Make a difference too. Yes. Uh, Um, It makes it a lot easier for them. And then instead of it being like, oh, gosh, I can't afford that, it's like, well, you know, it's only like a... You can. If you love it enough, you can afford (laughs) it because we love it. Um, I just wanted to clarify when you were talking about impact versus collection. So because I'm Mm. looking at your design guide now, the one with Poppy, and then you've got um, (laughs) the ice one next to it, which is a single print with multiple photos on it. When you're saying collection, are you talking single print with multiple or are you talking, say, three canvases? No, so a collection is one frame, lots of different images within that frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then an impact is one image within the frame. And then a cluster is when you have lots of, different individual frames and that could be a cluster of lots of impacts or it could be a cluster of a collection and a couple of impacts or more however however they like to do it I like doing like clusters of frames I think they look really cool I think so too um with your collections then because I don't sell anything like that I find that really interesting um are you pricing per image how do you work out the pricing then because I would feel like oh something with nine photos in it even though the print is the same size should be significantly more expensive yes so we do we mark that up uh, a few hundred more than if you just had a um a single frame I I find them really really easy to sell even though they are so they like our cheapest one is uh, 850 and they go um our biggest one is seven so mm-hmm. I find them are really like people aren't as scared by the price of that because I think they can see the the value in the investment like they're getting loads of loads of images for like one frame and also it's good for people like certainly over here people have smaller houses I think so it's good for people that if they have only just got a small alcove they can still have lots of different images without having to have like a massive wall so I've always found mm-hmm. them really, um, really an easy sell in that sense. Like they sell themselves. And do you sell many albums or digital files or are you mostly selling wall art? Oh, I hate albums. Then that makes total sense why you'd be, because I was thinking, well, if someone wants lots of photos, I would just sell them the album. Um, but that makes total sense then. You, I mean, it's what we said at the start, you sell what you love. So yeah, that's yes. your that's yeah, your yeah, yeah. alternative too. I want I want several different photos, so you would buy a collection. Um, and what about digis? Um, yeah, we do do digital. So we um, we do a lot of digitals on the, a combination offer. So I don't really want to sell digitals on their own because I feel that they're just going to be stuck in a drawer and never mm-hmm. see the light of day. Also, you haven't got control over the print quality that like they could take it to their you know, local boots or yeah. you know, like a, a quarter shop and, and get like these like all cringe prints. So, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's so important for them to, you know, I'm sure you'll agree to have them professionally printed by the artist who can actually say whether, whether it's right or not. So 
We do so all the digitals on their own um, are $19.99. That's $1,999, not 20 quid. (laughs) 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 Have to make sure I point that one out. Have you had have you had clients be like, oh great? Yeah, yeah. So I am actually thinking of changing the the price, maybe just by five pounds, so that it's because saying $1,999 is a bit of a mouthful. Whereas if you could say like £990, then uh, it just feels, uh, sorry, no, God, no, not 990 £1,990. Yeah. So that that is something that has, has been on my agenda, actually. So maybe when we do our, we do our prices this year, we should do, tweak that slightly. But the digital images they can get for just, Four nine nine four hundred ninety nine pounds, with if they spend eight hundred and fifty pounds plus. So mm-hmm. then that really and that really helps with anybody that's you know really wants all the images, but you know they they don't just want to have like them on their own. It's it's so much better value for them to have a, a piece of artwork, like a mm-hmm. thirty by thirty um, our box style canvas style piece with all the images is going to be a lot less than if they just buy all the images on their own. So it makes much more sense for them to do that, and they're going to go away with something that's going to last and is going to be printed properly. And I'm happy for them to walk away with. I used to do digitals on their own, but it just yeah, again, it's one of those things that has driven from what I feel happy doing. Mm-hmm. It feels like you're providing them with the proper full experience, I think, when they end up with artwork that's going yeah. up on their wall. You're not just Especially selling them an expensive paperweight. <laughs> I agree because they, you know, they are making a significant investment and mm-hmm. whilst your time and skill and the image, yes, that is worth that. It's nice to have a, a physical product that you can put up on your wall or you know, keep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally agree. So you have the client viewing, they place their order, um, you go away, design it, all of that, and then they come back in and pick it up at the end, is that? Yeah, that's right. So we do have a home delivery service if they if they have come from, because we have clients that have come from Scotland or from down south, oh, in wow. which case it's not really practical for them to, because mm-hmm. it's like a four or five hour drive, so it's not really practical for them to come and pick it up. So we'll have that sent directly out to them. Um, but if they're local, then yeah, they'll it'll come to the studio so the girls can check it over and then they'll pick it up and we give them a little gift when they, they pick up it as well. So it's nice to be like, and here's your artwork and here's something else. <laughs> what, what's in your gift? I love hearing about gifts. Yeah. So at the minute we do, it's a, a little keyring with a bone and a, a little dog on. But I'm in the process of having a one made with the poppy icon, our, our logo. <gasps> yeah. So it ties more into, into our brand. yeah that's a great idea that's That's really sweet hey you just gave me an idea i've been trying to think of a new one as well (laughs) and i was thinking you know like the dog's name tag you could do like i'm gonna do that logo on the front and then the dog's name that's so cute that'd be sweet and then imagine everybody at the park would be like that's a cool dog tag and they're like oh (laughs) actually that's my photographer who's there come on (laughs) yes it is referral here we go (laughs) anyway (laughs) 
<laughs> that's where that was my final question was so how are you sort of wrapping up the end of the client experience with them are, do, are you asking for referrals do you get a lot of referrals how does the sort of the end of cat's dog photography experience yeah go? so we actually give them a, a free referral so they can get a referral where they just get they don't get any credit or anything but they get a session so mm-hmm they can essentially give a gift a, a session to their friend. And that's a really good way of um, of getting people in because, you know, they, they've got somebody in hand that's had a great experience. They've got this gorgeous wall, wall art piece and it's not going to cost them anything to try it out. So mm-hmm. we give them a uh, – we email them a little – like a link where they can fill in a form and, and let us know their nominee and then we can give them a call and – so you're not just giving them a voucher for example um that is inevitably going to be put into a drawer and forgot about yeah. you're actually saying yeah. hey if this is something that you want to follow up on you have someone in mind for example then yes we'll make it because they because you get the information you can then make it actually yes. happen that's exactly, very yeah. clever <laughs> yeah it's, it's good to keep control because you know mm-hmm. as we all know life happens and it's not always a priority to get the portraits done and I think that's the thing with pet portraiture is that because it's not it's not like a wedding or um mm-hmm. you know it's not like a kid that's definitely going to change I think people can cut it off so absolutely you know, they need that little nudge. <laughs> yeah. This is important. So can you just go through that again? <laughs> so just go through that again. So what? Um, so how do you introduce that to the client? Yeah. So I'll say you, you've got a complimentary referral. You can recommend a friend to us, and they'll get a complimentary session on us. And I'll send you an email link. Just fill it in, and and we'll do the rest. We'll give them a call. And does the client get anything? And um, yes, the clients get. So as a thank you to them, they get a, a web ready digital image that is once that. But they don't get that until the client that they're referring has actually had their viewing. Mm-hmm. So they have to complete mm-hmm. the experience. So then that again, this is just kind of like the, there's something that uh, Nicole Begley um, always says that has stuck with me, and it's uh, who is my client and how can they screw me? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So it's just kind of protecting your um, your your or what you're giving away, I suppose. So like, yeah, they don't have to spend anything, but they have to complete the experience. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, that's worded. That's yeah. not that's worded in a, in a way. And once they've completed their experience, exactly, you yeah. get complimentary to chill image. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fantastic. Well, thank you. So, it's so interesting and fascinating hearing everything that goes into Cat's Dog, and I think. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I'm sure our audience really appreciates too just everything that you've shared today because there's so many little nuggets that I'm like, oh, oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm going to do that. So you're brilliant. <laughs> thank you so much, Kat. <laughs> oh, thank you. You guys are awesome. It's yeah, been really fabulous. fun. Thank you so much for having oh, me. <laughs> absolutely. And for any listeners who aren't following you yet, where's the best place for them to check you out? So Instagram is at Cat's Dog Photography and Facebook is, well, Facebook for class forward slash cat's dog photography <laughs> and twitter is at cat's dog photo although to be fair i don't tweet an also awful lot it tends to be more instagram and, and facebook so <laughs> yay 
come hang out with me there. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll put links to everything in the show notes anyway. Um, But, yeah, thank Thank you you. so much. Have a good rest of your night where you are. (laughs) Yeah, the evening's just beginning. (laughs) (laughs) We'll chat to you really soon. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. So that was the wonderfully bright and bubbly cat race of cats dog photography. I thought that was such an entertaining interview with so much information that Kat shared. So thank you so much, Kat. It was such a pleasure having you on the Pet Photographers Club. As always, if you want to check out the show notes, the link is just the Pet Photographers Club dot com forward slash zero three zero three since we're in season three episode three we've got cat's toolbox for success in there i always love seeing those so even though we don't get into them in every podcast we put them into all of the show notes and cat's got some podcasts that she recommends some favorite books her apps that she uses her favorite photographers to follow so there's all sorts of little extra nuggets if you head over to the show notes Um, And then if you subscribe to the free email newsletter, those show notes get emailed to you too. So I have everything set up for you guys with my automation. Surprise, surprise. So you can subscribe. There's lots of links to that on the website too, just thepetphotographersclub.com. And if you haven't caught our recent deep dive yet, we're doing deep dives live on Facebook now. So if you remember... Um, They're just within the Facebook group and we dove last week into client gifts. So you can watch that Facebook live within the members group. I just thought um, that might be interesting given that we were talking to Kat about that. And then as of tomorrow, which will be the 19th of February, we'll have our um, episode for deep dive which will be all about insta stories so it's been a couple of weeks since we actually recorded this interview with cat and since then both kirsty and i have been implementing a few of the things that cat taught us all about insta stories as i imagine some of you will be doing as well so we have a few things that we've learned along the way just some thoughts about the whole process um hint it's easier than i was always worried it was going to be so thank you again cat for um recommending that um but yeah we'll dive really deep into that in tomorrow's members only episode so if you're not a member yet you can join the club it's only ten dollars a month and it helps support all of the fees and everything that Kirsty and I have in running the pet photographers club so we really really appreciate our members we literally could not continue doing this podcast without you guys so yeah you can join us um that's just at the petphotographersclub.com forward slash join and do I have anything else to say to y'all uh I don't know oh my last thing would be make sure you check out Nicole um hair of the dog she's got a free training coming up and if you're interested in her whole business of pet photography thing definitely check out that I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well but the training that's coming up is totally free you just sign up to the webinar um and it'll get delivered to you and Nicole always has really awesome education stuff so we figured We'd tell you guys all about that too. Um, I think that's all the links and bits and bobs that I have to say. Uh, as always, just let us know if you have any questions or shout out if you want to say hello or g'day if you're down from Australia. I don't know why I brought g'day into it. I don't know. Um, it's a Monday. I'm a bit delirious. Hope you're all doing really well in your businesses and they're growing and thriving. Catch you on the next one. Bye.